You see, focus makes a lot of difference. Focus simply means that you're in the same place physically and emotionally. Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we hear from Zig Ziegler on the power of focus, planning, and preparation. I'll tell you, I am admittedly not a great planner and preparer. I just want to go from idea to selling it. As for focus, my wife, the brain researcher, says uh, I'm classic ADHD, though I won't let them test me on that officially. So to achieve success, however, we've got to have some focus, planning, and prep. So I asked this question on Facebook. Planning is necessary, but for those of you who do not enjoy planning and preparing, like me, and are just eager to get to the doing, what tools, strategies, or habits do you use to help with your needed planning and preparations? We had great comments, of course, and some ideas around this, and I talked through them with my co-host, Michelle Prince. That's what we're going to talk about in this show. So we'll start with Zig's message right after I share some great resources with you. Okay, here then is a two-minute message from Zig Ziglar. You see, focus makes a lot of difference. Focus simply means that you're in the same place physically and emotionally. Dr. Lewis Terman in 1920 at Stanford University started a study on 1,440 gifted youngsters. When he retired, another professor was assigned to them. They followed them to the end of their life. Many of them were extremely successful, brilliant young men and women. Many of them had gone on to great success. Not a single one attributed their IQ to their success. What they attributed to their success was their ability to focus on the issue at hand. You see, a lot of people, when they're working on the job, they're thinking about other things. They're thinking about the family. When they're with the family, they're thinking about the job. And they're not doing either job very effectively. You really need to be able to focus on what's going on. Now, let me simply say this. Uh, You were born to win, but you got to plan, you got to prepare, and you got to expect to win. Bobby Knight, who's won three national championships in basketball at Indiana University, says that the will to win is nothing without the will to prepare to win. In the National Football League, and I'm not a football expert, authority, the only thing I know about football and know that I know is that when the official calls a foul on the Cowboys, he is wrong. That's the only thing I really know about the game. But I do know one other thing about it, and that is this. In the last two minutes of the half and in the last two minutes of the game, they score 20% of all of the points that are scored during the entire 60 minutes. In four minutes, they score 20% of all of the points in the entire 60 minutes. And the reason they do is they have the two-minute offense. End of the first half, end of the second half is when they do the score. And they plan to score. They prepare to score. And consequently, they expect to score. Well, a great message from Zig. Again, from that message, I ask this question. Planning is necessary. But for those of you who do not enjoy planning and preparing, like me, and are just eager to get to the doing, what tools, strategies, or habits do you use to help with your needed planning and preparations? Well, here then, Michelle Prince and I talk through your comments. Okay. 
Okay, Michelle, well, as Zig is talking about planning and preparing, I thought, you know, from that, I mean, there are plenty of people who have the personality style, the, <clears throat> the skills, the talents, the abilities to plan. They enjoy it. They know what tools to use. They know what works for them. So I thought, well, we can't give them a whole lot. Let's talk to the folks who, who don't <laughs> fall into those, have those good habits as well. And I just figured knowing you as I do that, that you're probably in the same boat that I am, that you, uh, you come up with an idea and objective and you're ready to be there tomorrow in between is all that planning and preparing. Am I right? <laughs> so true. That's yeah. Right. I, I definitely have no problem on the upfront side, the yeah. creativity, the, you know, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write this book or I'm going to do, you know, I want to create this business, but those little details to get to the final result result are not always as easy. Yes. Yeah. You know what my, and I don't know if this will relate to you and your husband. My wife is, uh, she has plenty of initiative. I wouldn't say she's a, a great uh, planner and, and, and prepare to some degree, but better than I am. And, she, but she'll talk about with something. She doesn't like a blank page. She likes a little bit of something, else, which is great. I love the blank page, get the skeleton up there and I'm done. I'm ready to go on the next thing. She loves putting more of the pieces together. And so for a lot of folks out there, that may be, that may be, be you, but, um, I think there's a lot of folks who, yeah, planning and preparing, Maybe not the greatest thing, which is why I phrased the question like that. For those of you who do not enjoy it, uh, you're just eager to get to the doing. What tools, strategies, or habits do you use? And this, I'll have to say, Michelle, on this, that this is, you know, sometimes we look at a personal development world that we're all in, self-help, as we're trying to become perfect, which we're not going to do. And you hear that word overcoming, you know, so if you're not a planner or prepare, you got to overcome that. And, and I think that that sometimes we get a false perspective because I'm never going to be a great detail person, a great planner, a great preparer. I don't want to be, I want to expend my energies where my gifts, talents and, and skills are, which is that visioneering and, and those types of things. But I do have to figure out how to manage my, uh, for me, I'm going to call it my dysfunction. You know, I've, I've got a dysfunction over here. I got to manage. Well, yeah. and I think we could all look at it. It's not dysfunction. It's just some things we're not good at. Okay. So, we, and, right. and there's only so much time in the day. So um, what I'm saying is give yourself grace and, and all of us okay. give us grace because, for example, I am not good with the books. I, I was, I'll admit it. I'm not that detailed person, you know, so as far as accounting goes, oh, goodness, all that, yeah. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, I mean, can I do it? Yes. But that is the best money I will ever spend is to hire a good accountant and a yep. good tax planner, because I know that that's just not a strength of mine. And could I learn it? Could I sit down and, and really get good at this? Absolutely. But would it take away from the gifts that I have been given? I think so. So for me, I look at it as, you know, to outsource a task or to bring in a team member to help with something that you just don't, you know, love to do is, is actually prudent, you know, and it helps you to be more effective with what, what you are good at. Uh, absolutely. And I love that out. So, and that's what we're talking about. So what are we, what are folks outsourcing their, you know, planning and preparing to, is it a tool, a resource, a person? Because yeah, like you, could I figure out accounting and bookkeeping possibly? And I would spend that time with far less joy than somebody who actually is good at it and far less efficiency. That's the one that blows me away. I've got a, an assistant that I work with and stuff that to me, I feel bad even giving it to her. And then I see one, she enjoys it. And two, she does it in like five minutes. And I'm thinking this is like a five week project and it blows me away. But then, you know, she'll testify on the other side, the things that I do, she cannot conceive. Well, glory to God, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, I think this is where it boils down to the importance of your team, really. Yeah, yeah. No matter what you're doing, whether you have a business or not, but just surrounding yourself with people that can help you with those areas where you're you're just not as strong. And, you know, a good project manager is, you know, for people like us that have businesses, we need, if, if we're the idea people, we need the execution people who, you know, can, and the project management people that can really run with it and make sure it gets done. Yes. And finding the right team is so, so important. Yes. Yes. The right team. And, and, and you know, and if people hear that and go, I can't afford a team or well, whatever, a resource, then if you can't hire a, a, a personal accountant, you can hire, you know, buy QuickBooks or something like that. So exactly. All right. Well, here, let me dive in. And Scott Priestley says, he says, Kevin, I'm like you, um, a lot like you. I'm, I am, but he says, no, he says, but I am a planning professional. I'm a project manager. I've learned to use a year at a glance calendar with a Kanban board. I'm not sure, familiar with that. He, he spelled it K A N B A N, a Kanban board and a, a ubiquitous journal for daily tasks and notes. Kanban is a visual representative of what tasks or activities are planned in process or completed. A daily journal then lets me review at the end of the day what things I committed to and what I accomplished. Well, Michelle, one of those, he's talking about a daily journal. My gosh, there's none that we know better than the Ziegler uh, performance planner. Yes. Um, which is one, and, and there are others. So I won't, you know, there, there are other ones. Gosh, we interviewed John Lee Dumas. He has his um, mastery journal, I think it is, which is fairly similar. Michael Hyatt has one that I don't recall the name right off the bat. Yes, Focus. Focus, is it? Okay, there Focus are other, journal. and these are tools. These are tools, and those are actually handwriting ones because they want you to handwrite this. But as far as a daily journal, or I use, and Michelle, I don't know what you use. I, I, my daily journal is blank. It's what I put on it. It's not a, a lead journal at all. It's just my daily journal. I've used a combination through the years. Right. I've, I've used the performance planner since I was very, very young, but I also like you, I have a blank notebook that I take mm -hmm. with me everywhere and, and whatever I'm working on where, you know, any thought that comes to my mind, I have it in there. Um, it, you know, I was thinking, you know, here I was saying, I'm not as good about the planning details, but one part of, in an area of my life back in the day when I was in college, uh, I was taught this way to prepare for the big finals and the tests. And there were these little journals and they were the week at a glance journals mm -hmm. that everyone in college had. And basically the first week of school, you get all the syllabuses and you put in the journal, all the dates for the final exams or whatever projects are due. And then you just kind of back into it every single week of what you need to have done by that date in order to be prepared for the final presentation or whatever it is. And it, it worked and it was simple. And I, I need to carry that, like, like Scott was recommending, carry that into, um, you know, our new technology and our new processes of doing things because it works. And it, it really, all that is, if I think about it, it's, it's goal setting. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what Zig taught us, which is you have to have those long range goals you know, what the big picture of what you want to accomplish, but those small short-term goals, those are the things, the little tasks that have to happen on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to get to the big goal. And that's really all, all we're talking about. Well, the next question uh, hits on that. You know what? I will, just because Scott mentioned project management, which I am not a project manager and I, I get people to do that, but we have just for, for folks, for resources, um, this is not a, a paid ad here, but a couple that we've used uh, for the Ziegler show, 
one of the project management tools that we use for collecting data and storing it and, and filtering it is Podio, P-O-D-I-O. So I use that every week, almost every day. And another one is another, a new business endeavor I'm in and, um, and, the, and we're using a, an, a platform called Teamwork. And I really like it. And I'll tell you, gosh, from, from your standpoint, Michelle, the thing that I like about it, there's so many moving pieces and I'm, you know, kind of at the helm of this new, new thing and things come up. That's where I deposit them is in this teamwork thing, or I will just email, uh, my, the, the, the little teammate, who's the project manager, I'll email and say, Hey, here, here's what it is. Just put it wherever it goes in teamwork, but she'll put it there. And the piece of knowing that I'm not going to lose that is, is great. And then she takes it and filters it in the certain area. So if we're talking about the website, I know right where to go. And yes, there's that note that I forgot about. And oftentimes I'll find, Oh, somebody actually did something with that. Good. You know, how great is that? But I love the capturing of that. So again, there are some great resources as well as like you talked about teammates, uh, that, that are available today for free or, you know, pennies on the dollar, 10 bucks a month or whatever. I'm, I'm constantly blown away by what's available out there. I agree. We, we use, our team uses something called Slack that, oh, right. would, and, and there's so many, but whatever can help you to just stay on track of all those little details. I love what you're yeah. saying though. You just email and so if you're not good at actually getting into the application, just email it to yeah. your system. Yes. Yeah, so, Cause that's the first thing is I'm over, you know, we come up with this great resource and I'm overwhelmed by it. How on earth do I get in here and speak that language? Um, and this one actually, if somebody goes in there and makes an update, it emails me so I can respond to an email and it actually puts it in the right thread wow. in this deal. But I still end up, especially if I'm on the run or on my phone or something like that. And I'll just email and say, Hey, just put this in that section, or I don't know where it goes. Just make sure we don't forget yeah. this, put that in there. I love that. Um, well, Ed, Duff, to, to what you said a minute ago, Ed Duffy here says, I use the eat the frog, an, you know, perspective if I'm dreading something, but it must be done. I get right on it and put it behind me sometimes with more success than others. I'm still working on that. Well, I appreciate that. And that's the aspect of, uh, well, you hear that, you know, how do you eat a frog? How do you eat a, um, an elephant, you hear you know, a couple different analogies used that one though, of getting right on it and putting it behind me. I hear a lot about amongst really productive people. That's a struggle for me. I'm more apt to, I see that and go, Oh gosh. And I just, let me go mm-hmm. on to something different. And then it's sitting there and I got to deal with it again and again. So that's just an admission that <laughs> I tend to do that. And I see the benefit of just to take care of it. And then it's gone. Uh, well, and then you don't have that mental distraction because you know, when you have to do something, you have that dread and then you're thinking about it all day and it probably slows us down, Mm -hmm. uh, without us even knowing But yeah, the the whole eat the frog thing is I I agree with, and I do try to do it. I do something called the power of three, where I just keep a little sticky note of the three things I'm going to, that I'm committing to accomplish in a day, even though my to-do list might have 20 different things on Mm -hmm. it. I know that a a complicated or a, uh, chaotic mind can't really be productive. Mm. So I just boil it down to the top three and I, I'm, I am a very goal oriented person. So Mm. when I finish one thing on my list and I get to scratch it off and I'm already a third of the way done now for my whole day, it kind of gives me the momentum of, well, let's just knock these all out now so that I can have everything off my list before lunch. And that motivates me, but yeah, it does help to get it done early. Well, yeah. and this is what we're talking about. Different strokes, different folks, whatever works for you. I, I, I love the guy. I would give him a kiss who wrote sticky, who, who invented sticky notes. I don't know yes. if he's still alive, but God bless him. Cause I, I live by them. I keep them everywhere. 
and I'll put them all over my desk. And then at some points, then I'll do a culmination of, okay, get those. And I'll put them on, you know, on an online list or something I have, but I also, uh, use them every day. I, I really don't, I don't know, some personal, uh, issue. I don't like stuff in my pockets at all. Mm. Anything in my pockets bothers me. And, uh, I think when I'm standing around like this, you know, I'm putting my hands in my pockets. I don't like anything there. So if I want to remember something, I write on a sticky note, stick it in my pocket and I can't, I can't forget. Again, this is, yeah. Like you said, we won't call them dysfunctions, our weaknesses <laughs> that we you know, figure out what you know works. Funny though, Kevin, you were talking about the sticky note and I know I read it somewhere that that was a, that invention was by accident. Yeah. Yeah, you I think did it, not intend to create it. And you just said like, that's, you know, oh, you use them every single day. Yeah. So what a great analogy to don't discredit the little <laughs> things that you're capable of doing or, you know, ideas you have, because yeah. it could turn into something big and you just don't know it. It is a great story. I think he worked for 3M and was trying to make some kind of a sticky thing. It didn't work. And lo and behold, here you go. And sticky notes it changed <laughs> our culture. Uh, Julie Goodhue, she says, I keep my eye out for organizing gurus that teach methods that work that have worked in the last 20 years or so. I really like April and Eric's learn, do, become system. I'm not familiar with that one. So mm-hmm. it says April and Eric's learn, do, become system. It epitomizes what I need now and breaks projects into small chunks of time to get those things accomplished. I think I go in seasons of needing different types of organizer helps depending on my life at the moment, whether it's work, college, marriage, babies, elementary, teenagers, and now young adults. Um, again, I appreciate her you know, talking about a resource. There are a lot of incredible resources. And I just talked about some that I'm using. I'll, I'll admit though, generally I struggle because to use that resource, you've got to learn it. You've got to know it. And I don't often engage there. And I end up back with a blank journal, sticky notes. Um, I use uh, a lot of just like text documents for each business arena that I'm in. And I, it's just ugly, you know, bullet point list, but Whatever you can get to work for, I'm sure mine are not the most efficient, but at the end of the day, if we're producing what we want to produce, I guess we get kudos, right? Absolutely. And there's no right or wrong. And I think, you know, if we can overcomplicate things sometimes, you know, if it's as simple as a sticky sheet of paper, then do what works, but everyone's different. So Mm -hmm. figuring out, are you more of a technology person, meaning you need your things organized online? Are you more of a sticky note person? Do you need a planner? You know, do you need a higher project manager? That's really the key. Um, but, but more importantly, it's just getting it done and whatever we're working on. I've, you know, Zig talks a lot about focus and how we concentrate and, and, you know, the analogy with the, the, the end of the football game and the last two minutes, it's because we have that, that desire, that passion to accomplish something mm-hmm. and because we have a meaning behind it. So more, more important than buying 10 different planners and all that is figuring out what do you really, really want, set some goals around it with the passion behind it. Those are, you know, and then come up with a system, but finding out what you really want is the key to really accomplishing things. Yes. You know, as I, as we're talking about this, yeah, you know, I'd like for people to hear, to be released, to figure out what does work for you and not get stuck on that. I think we're always looking for help. We're going to hear this and hear some ideas in this show, but find the thing that works for you. I think that my methodologies are a little odd, uh, but maybe to somebody else, they, they wouldn't be, but yeah, the point is figuring out what works for you. I know that it wasn't that long ago, gosh, probably two months ago, three months ago that I was feeling a little overwhelmed and I went into, I'm, I'm in an office building here. I went into one of our other offices 
and swiped a, uh, a whiteboard off the wall. I said, Hey, nobody's using this thing. I'm taking it. And I took it, put it by right by my desk, made some columns, put my stuff down there, felt really good about it and never used it again. Um, <laughs> so, so a couple of days ago I went and stuck it by the wall back uh, where I took it from. I just didn't work for me. And you know, that's okay. And there's somebody else. I mean, we've been doing some ads for us marker board. They do whiteboards and stuff. And we got people now who would do a whole wall of marker boards and, and whiteboard, whatever works for you is great, but I'm a sticky note guy. Okay. That's, <laughs> we need to get endorsed by these, by those, those folks. Uh, you know, I'm laughing, Kevin, not because I'm making fun. I promise. That's... I'm laughing because I did, I have this beautiful, huge whiteboard on my wall that yeah. is, uh, it's really pretty. It's not your standard kind. And I, you know, have the best of the best of the tools, but yet I did the same thing and I wrote all this stuff on it and I never kept up with it but because I am more yeah. of a notebook person. And, yeah. and so again, find what works for you. That is, that is it. Well, you know, part of this, I wanted to ask what you, what you do literally, like what are some of the things that you use to manage your, to, to plan and prepare? I will tell you exactly. Yeah. So obviously the performance planner has, you know, I highly recommend. I am more of a technology person though. So I do like having the ability to see it on my phone, on my computer. Now I have an Apple watch. You know, I want, I want to know what I've gone on wherever I am. And so I use a couple of different things, but I really like Evernote. Evernote is, can be used for a hundred different things. I just use it for my reminders, my to-dos, and it just alerts me. So I basically, you know, uh, for example, I'm, I just put something in today. I just booked a speaking engagement and I have to have my slides done by the end of the week. So I have a, I set a reminder that, you know, it's going to hit ping me at a certain time on Friday, but then it also, yeah. you can link to all of the notes. You can put stuff in one folder or you could do all these different things. So I use that for my reminders, but then I also have, um, believe it or not, an online sticky note. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because for sometimes I write on sticky notes and I don't always bring it with me. So I'll either take a picture of that sticky note cause it's in my phone or I use a note app. Um, notefully is one I've used. Mm. Um, there's so many others out there. And then finally I am a calendar person. Mm. So everything is integrated into my calendar because if it's in my calendar, it's going to get done. And so even though I may have my reminder in Evernote, I still schedule the time that I'm going to do it. So if I say I'm going to, you know, I got to have your slides done by Friday. Okay, well, then I'm blocking out the time from, you know, 9 to 10 or, or you know, 11 to 12 or whatever just to do my slides. And, yeah. and I'm big on that uh, scheduling part of it. That's interesting. Yeah, I am similar in some of those. I, you know, one of the things that I've gotten into using recently, or no, I, I just transferred everything. So I no longer have anything on my actual computer. Everything's online. So Google Docs, I love mm. Google Docs. Everything is there so I can have somebody else access it or I can access it. I've got, I've got two primary computers that I use. And I can use it on either one, or if I end up at home and I left them at work or one of them battery died or whatever it is, I can pick up one of the kids' computers and I can get on and see and access my docs. I love that. And mm -hmm. Gmail, the calendar. So I am not, um, I'm not as techie, but thank God for Gmail calendar. Cause I put stuff on there and I have it alert me. So it's going to hit my phone or mm -hmm. my calendar, my computer. And so many times if I do not put it on there, I'll just not show up. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I, I really stick with that. And yes, yeah, speaking of calendar, so at home in this tech age, we have a pantry. It's a pretty big walk-in pantry in our house and it's got one of those big, remember the old desk calendars, those big old yes. desk. 
we have one in there. That is the family calendar. And then around it are here's, you know, the kids school calendar, their mm-hmm. cross country calendar, their performance, you know, plays and whatever calendar their, their, their choir calendar, whatever all around them. And I know it could be a lot better, but we just, as a family, it works. And if, if you want it to happen, put it on the calendar. If you tell us the day before and you never put it on the calendar, it's not happening. And so, you know, again, figuring out what works for you as planning and preparing with all of it, though, we just can't get away going back to Zig that if we're going to succeed, if we're going to achieve, it's not going to happen without some aspect of planning and performing, but you don't have to, I think that's what I love. We don't have to be God's end to planning and performing profession. Mm-hmm. We can out, I love what you said, right? We can outsource it to a person, to a tech tool, to a, a goofy habit of sticking notes in your pocket, whatever whatever makes it work. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. It was just two. I got two more. I think I got a couple more here. Um, Ben Morgel, he says, I'm working on a system. A friend showed me from work where you have clipboards with a few tasks on them and you can't flip it over till it's done. Hmm. I just, I, I like the game playing of it. It is, it's a game with our, it's a game for our own psyche. What will get us to do what we need to do? Do we need to give ourselves a consequence? You know, I, I forgot to say, I mean, one of my main things for preparing and planning is just creating deadlines that I have mm-hmm. to be accountable to. Now, if I don't do it, I'm going to let people down or, or have a failure. Deadlines are one of my biggest systems, but I like that. He can't flip it over until he's done. He set this personal thing. He doesn't have to, but if that helps him gamify his own planning and preparation, excellent. Absolutely. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Uh, Thomas McMillan here says, I love the 12 week year process and have learned to habitually use the beginning of the quarter to refresh from the last quarter and plan for the new one. I usually take two to three days to do it, uh, to do both. And it has been very helpful. I mean, that reminds me again of the performance planner. I mean, the power mm-hmm. of, of setting the big goals and then cutting them up into the little daily pieces. And the key with the daily is really seeing it daily because I think so many times we'll set, you know, especially if you're going to spend like every quarter or, or, you know, every month doing this big planning session, that's awesome. But unless you're looking at it every single day and reminding yourself of what needs to be done and then measuring your success, it's really easy to, to, you know, just forget about what you're working on or, or not get as far as you want to go. So that daily reviewing uh, that's why the planner has you writing it down every single week and then looking at it every single day. Okay. I want to talk about that, Michelle. Um, and we'll end on that looking at the daily thing, because we, I feel like it's one of those things we talk about, you know, have, you got to have goals. You got to have them down. You got to have them. You got to have them written down. And then we mm-hmm. have to look at them daily. I, I'm pulling this out because I know it exists, but I'm going to hand it off to you to give an answer. Cause I don't know how to answer it. Okay. okay. Uh, I know that there is a reality with maybe with all of us to some degree of sometimes the looking at that is reminding us what we haven't done yet. It almost feels like I don't, I don't want to look at what I haven't done yet. What may be daunting. Maybe I have some fear in it. Maybe I have some shame in not doing it. Maybe I'm still really lacking in having faith that I can, that it really is possible. So I, I don't want to look at them every day. It's about all I can do to look at them every once in a while. And yet over here, we know the power when we mm-hmm. talk to so many people who have achieved and succeeded uh, to, to a great degree of looking at them daily. So uh, what's your take on, on the reality the humanity of sometimes looking at that? Yeah, it's daunting. It may make us feel bad a little bit that we haven't, and we still, that's, I've been looking at it every day for a year and I haven't done it. You know, you're not alone. <laughs> First of all, we've all had goals like that. 
and you know, Zig always, I, I love the way he, he takes people through the goal setting process because it's not just about setting a goal, but there's these questions you ask. And a lot of it, the point of those questions is really to decide, is it really your goal? Is it really something that, I mean, yeah, you say you want to do that, but do you really, really want to do it enough to you know, put some things in place to make it happen. I think when people get overwhelmed, speaking for myself, when I get overwhelmed and I look at my goals, it's because I'm putting the big picture up. I haven't done, I haven't broken them into the smaller steps because for writing a book is my example for everything. But, you know, perfect example is I will write a book this year is overwhelming to someone who has never written a book and then it's on their shoulders and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to get this done. And now we're only five months left, now four months, now three months. So yes, that stress can be really, really overwhelming. But when you set the goal and you write down, I will write, you know, 200 words this week. I will write a 500 word blog. I'm going to write my book one blog post at a time once a week over the next 12 weeks or whatever it is. It just makes it more manageable. So I think when you look at those goals weekly, that's why you've got your big goals, but then you have to break them down. Talk about the project management, right? Everything Mm -hmm. in project management is breaking it down into every little step. But when you look at the little steps, it's like, okay, I I can write 200 words today. That'll take me 20 minutes. That'll take me 30 minutes. I can do that. And I'm going to carve out 30 minutes from 12 to 1 or from 12 to 1230, and I'm going to get it done. It just isn't as overwhelming. And it's that elephant you were talking about taking that bite one, you know, you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? If, if you just look at the big thing, that's where people get stuck with overwhelm. So my suggestion would be reevaluate the goal. And do you really have it broken down into a manageable daily or weekly task? And if not, that might be what causes some of that. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to give some folks a gift because I've given this one to myself and based on what you just said there is sometimes it's a gift to take that goal that's been up there. If it's been a year and you haven't done it to do just what you talked about, to look at it and to discern if you really want it and to have the freedom to let that sucker go, let it go, get it off your to-do list. I have done that with such great joy because it just doesn't occur to me. If I put the goal up there, of course I must want it. And then to see it go on. And I usually look and go, you know what? That's a good goal, but I have some others that I just care about more. They're plenty worthy. Uh, and let it go, let it go for good. Let it go for now. Either one. I, that's been a big, uh, growth period, uh, area for me, probably in the past three or so years, more significantly mm-hmm. where I can joyfully take something, go, that would, that would be really good. But man, I got something great over here. I would rather do and let it go. And you know, some, and like you said, we set our own goals. So we, we have permission to change them. Yeah. I won't say who, but uh, one of my coaching clients that I adore is so goal oriented and very successful. And yet there are certain things that are very stressful in her life. And, and one of the things she was saying was, you know, she's working really, really hard to, in her job to make a certain amount of money. Um, and, and, but in, in exchange, she really doesn't have a life, you know? Mm. And, and so I, one time I asked her, I'm like, well, what, why, what are you working towards? And she had a very specific number or specific amount of sales she had to make. And, and I asked her, well, why is that your goal? And, or why are you working towards that? And she said, well, because I, I made it a goal. So I have to do it. I have mm. to accomplish it. And it's wow. like, but do you, who's telling you, you have to, I mean, yes, we all, and, and trust me, I'm not discouraging someone who's very goal oriented, but when it, when it becomes a goal for the sake of having a goal and you get no joy out of it, no satisfaction, you're, you know, you're, there's no why behind it, then is it really your goal? 
put your energy into something that, that you love or into something that you know will help somebody and you get more joy out of that than just a check mark that I did that goal. I think, you know, I think that's great. And you're hitting on something that I think it, to some degree, it takes knowing yourself and understanding yourself to a degree to be able to do this. But I grew up, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say I grew up. I'm not going to put that on my upbringing necessarily, but I, I came into the aspect through professional athletics and stuff of you don't quit, right? You don't, you mm-hmm. don't quit. And I learned the value of that and letting yourself quit in the small areas and training and whatever, in the small races would allow me to quit in the bigger ones. And I had somebody confront me a little bit about that. They said, every time you, you know, don't finish a race, this is in professional cycling, don't finish a race. It makes it easier not to next. I'm just finish the thing, even if you're dead last. So I got that and I took that into my training. And if it was a day to do, you know, eight hill repeats, I was not going to quit because I thought that's going to let me have, uh, it's going to grow the ability or or the tendency in me to quit later on. And so, okay, we get that. We get that. We've seen the movies. Don't quit. Don't quit yet over here in my life today. And and it's easier for me to give the analogy in regards to training and athletics, which I still do today. There are times when I'll discern and go, man, I don't feel, I'm not feeling it today. And I could, I know I have the ability to endure and to suffer. And I know I have the ability not to quit, but I'm going to go and let myself quit today because it's going to do more harm to my psyche. And I want to be joyful for my family. I'm going to let myself quit and give myself again, the permission to do that, even though a day like yesterday, which was father's day. And I had a big goal of some riding a mountain bike ride and a run I wanted to do. And I didn't feel that great, but I felt like I want to suffer. And so I did, I didn't quit. I went and stuff and it was just what I wanted to do that day. And that was again, knowing myself in that, but again, having that permission. Yeah. And you know, for people who don't necessarily know themselves yet, there's, that's okay. Because a lot of us have been that way for, I mean, for me personally, I, I went years without really knowing myself as well as I do today. Um, but that's when you seek somebody or, or you find other yeah. people who share the same goals. <laughs> Real funny yeah. story. As you were talking, it reminded me of it. I had a, a gentleman come up to me a couple of years ago and, and he said he was writing a book, but he was really, really struggling. And and he was so discouraged and so just down on himself about how he didn't get it done because he was going to have it done that year. And I'm like, well, tell me about it. And he's like, well, it's a hundred ways to blah, blah, blah. I forget what it was about. And he's like, and I'm only, I've only, I'm only at 55 and I've been here for like four months. And I'm like, well, then write, well, why not write the book 55 ways to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he had this epiphany moment. He's like, What? I can do that. I'm like, it's your book. You can do whatever you want. That's excellent. (laughs) But it's to me the most simple answer, but because he set it as a goal and it was very, it was set in stone. This is what it's going to be. But it's like, well, but why does it have to be that? It's okay. So it sounds like, yeah. How often do we make ourselves our own jailer? Um, and we need to let ourselves let go. Okay. I, that's fun. All right. I'm, I'm enthused. I'm going to go, I'm going to go find a goal and get rid of it right now. How's that? If we ever done (laughs) that, maybe we're not doing the right thing. Can we do that on the Ziggler show? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got it. Well, to get those goals, the ones that matter, the planning and preparing. So I hope this has, uh, helped, uh, give some folks some ideas and yeah. And really, I I think so much. I keep, I keep thinking as we talk through this, that, that feeling of permission, permission to do it in the way that works not get caught up in what you think it should be, whether, uh, it's, it's the methodology of your planning and preparing or whether it's the goal itself. So good stuff. Thanks so much for everybody who, uh, who added into this and Michelle, I, uh, you resonated with me just, just like I thought we would. We're tracking. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks Kevin. 
Well, there you go, folks. A classic message from Zig and brilliant sharing from our audience. Thanks again to all who submitted comments. I invite you to find me in Facebook at Agent K Miller. You can join the weekly conversation with us. If you got value from this show, will you let us know? Leave a review in iTunes. We need your reviews. Well, coming up next in show 589, we're back with John O'Leary, our amazing guest from show 587. Here in this show, we hear about his daily habits for success following the seven spokes in the Ziegler Wheel of Life. You'll hear that he writes a love letter to his wife every day and how it's changed his perception of her and that he works like a dog so he can play like a puppy. It was just a great conversation. Hope you'll join us until then. Thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.